Rough Greens. When you are a dog owner, you want to do everything you can for them. Uh, Calling Uno today. And uh, he was outside and I was like, Uno, come on, Uno. And I said, he is being so disobedient. I don't know what's gotten into him. And Tanya walked outside and whistled. And he didn't turn around for that. And we think he's going deaf. And I'm oh, no. so bummed. Oh, you're kidding. We want to keep our dog healthy and with us as long as possible. Rough Greens. Rough Greens has changed him. He acts like a puppy. Uh, maybe he's just ignoring us, but his his um, activity level is shot through the roof with Rough Greens. Rough Greens, R-U-F-F Greens dot com slash back 833-GLEN-33, 833-GLEN-33, roughgreens dot com slash back. faith in God and our faith in people is being renewed today in places like Kentucky. We'll talk about the rescue efforts and also our visit with President Donald Trump over the weekend coming up in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. Time is running out. Christmas is in two weeks. And if you haven't ordered the Tuttle Twins books for your kids or grandkids yet, may I suggest you do it today while you still can get it in time. Nothing more important in the world than your children and their freedom. And they are going to be the ones that are going to decide whether or not we're free. They have to know the principles of freedom, and you can teach it to them with the Tuttle Twins using stories and pictures. They have a free market curriculum with lessons that explore how free markets work so your kids can understand supply and demand and inflation and how government intervention affects the economy. Giving these books and curriculum is great for your kids and your grandkids. These are the things that we used to teach in school. And now we can teach them again with the Tuttle Twins at TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Get the books and curriculum for all kids and teenagers in your life. There is holiday discount of 40%. Get the workbooks free, but you have to order today. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. That's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. We are still praying for miracles uh, in the devastation of the tornado that hit this weekend. It is it's something that we literally have never seen in America. This is the longest stretch of a tornado. What would you call it? Swath uh, in the history of the United States. Uh, It was EF3 tornado uh, and it 
cleaned a large swath of about what is it about 100 miles isn't it no it was over 200 200 miles, miles. i mean My what on God. earth because you think about we have these stories every once in a while and you think about okay here are there are a few tornadoes that hit different areas like a mm-hmm. series of them in one storm cell this was like one really long tornado that went across an entire multiple states uh, and uh, I mean, the devastation is uh, never seen anything like yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, we we know that the 80 are dead. This is the last update I got. If you have a uh, uh, different number. Yeah, they think 80 is the official number. They do think it's going to so, go over yeah, 100. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, many people are still missing. It is if you have never experienced a tornado, they are terrifying. Uh, I remember my grandfather uh, talking about, you know, living in Iowa and the tornadoes would would roll through and uh he used to tell stories about how straw could be driven through telephone poles and it's one thing to hear it and it's another thing to experience it i've thank god never experienced you know getting close close to a a tornado um you know i've been within 10 miles and it was spooky enough 10 miles away um but i've gone to several sites after and when they say a town is gone, the town is gone. Um, I've seen tornadoes take houses and literally turn it into paper pulp and throw the house against the wall of another building that remains intact. But the everything that was the house and in the house is now pulp. And it's like wallpaper all over. It is the force is absolutely incredible makes you feel appropriately small it, it does and this is the type of thing that is so overwhelming when it comes when you know it's the type of thing that they like to take advantage of when it comes to the climate change stuff you saw the fema director coming out and saying this over the weekend oh well this is you know what we're looking what to look forward to in climate <sighs> change and it's sad that they go to those things immediately um, you know, considering especially there's just basically no evidence at all that ties climate change to increased tornadoes or tornadoes becoming more destructive. That's of all the areas that they have and have studied on climate. This is one that they really legitimately have nothing. They, they're not even claiming to have anything. Um, you know, we had in between uh, 2020 and uh, 2000 and 2020, there were five EF5 tornadoes, five of them in 20 years. From 1954 to 1974, we had 36 of them. Holy cow. Yeah. Now, if you look at the long-term trends on larger tornadoes over a century, what you see is a slight decrease in the number of them. It's uh, So the not, not an increase, uh, not a f- complete drop-off. Like when we talk about deaths from climate-related events, you have mm-hmm. a complete drop-off in 100 years, of, uh, a drop-off of over 98% of climate-related deaths. Um, so that one is like really compelling to say, Hey, whatever we're doing right now is making things better in this area. The tornadoes, you wouldn't argue that you're making it better with what we're doing. You would say that, you know, people are surviving uh, more often when they get hit. Obviously there's some, some innovations we've made there, but there are fewer of them slightly over a hundred years, which would indicate climate change is not the thing driving these things, right? I mean, if anything, there's a slight decrease, which gives you the opposite of what the media is going to be telling you all week long. And it's, it's, in, it's, not, it's really unsettling because you look at what has happened to these areas. I mean, legitimately, as you mentioned, wiped off the map. Yeah. 
horror story after horror story of real people suffering. And it's going to be, you know, it's sad to watch the media go through their normal cycles on this. And I know the media says that uh, thoughts and prayers do nothing. But at least the people in these areas know that thoughts and prayers are deeply meaningful. And our thoughts and prayers uh, are with all of the people that were in that 200-mile stretch. Um, Mercury One is already has people on the scene. If you would like to donate, uh, you can just go to mercuryone.org, mercuryone.org, and uh, help the people who have now absolutely nothing. You know, in floods and everything, you can kind of take some things away. But in tornadoes, it's all gone. It's just gone. Uh, and it's so indiscriminate. You know, it'll take half a house and the other house, the other part of the house is completely fine. It's just so bizarre. So bizarre and terrifying. It is. I've been through hurricanes, earthquakes, um, you know, storms of all kinds. I have not had one close, but we've had the we could see them on the horizon. Mm. And those things are so frightening because they can, unlike this one, they can just suck up back into the sky and stop and then shoof, come back down someplace else. And it is so indiscriminate. Mercuryone.org. Mercuryone.org. Uh, all right. I went to uh, uh, be with the president at Mar-a-Lago uh, on Friday, and I have a lot to say and some clips from the interview that we did. I did a uh, interview for the first of the year. This one will air January 5th. And it is uh, going to be the the first interview uh, looking forward um, and not backward on the year. So what what are we in store for and how do we fix it? He he was quite impressive, quite impressive, especially since, you know, Joe Biden is just gone. Jill Biden said this weekend it's because he's working so many hours. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's just gone. The president was, A, in a very good place. Uh, he it was sharp, sharp, sharp. I said to him, do you remember the first time we met? This was off the air. You remember the first time we met? And he said, I, Jim. I said it was, uh, I said, Larry King. And he said, Larry King's birthday. I mean, <laughs> Wow. Um, that was a long time ago. That was 15, 16 years ago. And I was a nobody. And that's when Larry King turned 116. Uh, it was 400. So it was his 400th. 400th birthday? Yeah, oh, it wow. was his 400th birthday. He came in. Uh, he brought his own dirt, uh, like all mm. vampires do. And he was on the uh, the bottom of the Mayflower, I believe. So mm. it was it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, and then had dinner. He, was, he invited me to have dinner uh, with, uh, he said, you want to what do you what do you have planned i'm like mcdonald's and he's like uh why don't you come melania and i are having dinner why don't you come and have dinner with us upstairs and i'm like okay now i felt a little bad because bill o'reilly had invited me to dinner that night 
And I felt bad that, you know, I saw him in my mind's eye all night sitting there at Applebee's waiting, you know, like, no, I, you didn't even tell him. No. I mean, I will say your name, Bill. Bigger name. They do have uh, Cheetos wings, I think, currently at Applebee's. So I could see all by himself. Just like, no, really, somebody is joining me. (laughs) No. Oh, that's the saddest visual I've ever had. Yeah. So uh, then on Saturday, I went and introduced Bill O'Reilly for his big thing. There were about 11,000 people there. Uh, I don't know if he announced this from the stage, um, but what I heard from the venue, because there was a massive screw up, massive screw up, and the thing started like an hour late. Uh, And that was because the Secret Service had to wand everybody. But more importantly, somebody had hacked into the system and changed like half the tickets to fraudulent so everybody had to bring their tickets, get out of line and bring their tickets to the ticket window. Hmm. And I mean, I, I, I had to tell you, I was so worried about that event because of the tickets. And then when Bill comes on stage for the first, he comes out, he starts his monologue. He's about to introduce the president and his mics go dead. They hand him another mic dead. Everything was dead for like two minutes. And I thought, holy cow, is this just a screw up or is yeah. this, what is this? The first show too, yeah. sometimes those things happen, but you know, yeah. you know it was, heightened awareness of the stuff. Yeah, of heightened awareness. I, I've never seen security like this before, ever. I mean, the security at Mar-a-Lago was, was one thing, but you know, that's the president's house. And because it's a national historic site, they can't put fences or gates up. They have gate on the driveway, but there's no fences around it. They can't use all of the stuff that Secret Service usually normally, use. Yeah. And there are Secret Service everywhere, everywhere. And uh, at, this, uh, at this show with Bill O'Reilly, and it's coming, I think, this week to Texas. Uh, allow yourself extra time to get there. But it's worth seeing. We'll play some clips. Bill sent me some clips. He made some news this weekend. Uh, and I have, uh, I have a few clips, too. I, I asked him about uh, Dr. Fauci. Tell me a little bit about Dr. Fauci. Uh, and uh, it was, it's quite interesting. So that's all coming up on the program, coming up in just a few minutes. First, let me tell you about LifeLock, uh, the holidays. For most of us. It's a season of giving, but it's also a season of taking if you happen to be a cyber criminal. It's the most wonderful time of the year for cyber criminals because we are all online doing our Christmas shopping. You need to be aware that if you're not protected, someone may have uh, maybe out to grab all of your information, grab your numbers and wipe you out. A lot of things you can do to stay safe. Things like using a VPN instead of a public Wi-Fi, creating a strong password, et cetera, et cetera. But you also need a dedicated source checking for you on everything. That's LifeLock. You know, nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock does the best on overseeing all of it. And what's best is if if they miss something They have a team of specialists that are going to work with you to clean it all up. So save up to 25% off now at promo code BeckLifeLock.com. 
1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. Use the promo code BECK and save 25%. 10 seconds, station ID. So uh, Janice Dean is going to be joining us here in just a few minutes. Uh, she's back in the news because it has come out that Chris Cuomo, uh, what a dirtbag. Uh, he said, he, he called her that, excuse the expression, Fox weather bitch. And uh, blasted her as that and was looking to discredit her. Uh, is there anything that we can find on that Fox weather bitch? Uh, I mean, this guy to, to just, paint her as an extreme right wing nutbag is, is an important part she, of that. She's not. No, uh, I will also uh, say, I mean, it, it is alleged that these we don't have the uh, evidence on this yet. I mean, we have the evidence that he's a dirtbag, but the on the actual texts themselves, we uh, we don't necessarily have all of the evidence on that yet. But I will say I had struggled with that this weekend in that it so lines up with my prior beliefs that I, I almost couldn't find myself to even say correct that they're alleged. It's it's so who this guy is and has been forever. Forever. That's the way they do business. Yep. You know, the is there family. any way to take her and throw her under the bus and make her look like a crazy right winger? Yep. That's what allegedly the text says. Um, there's another story that you're not going to find uh, many places today that broke, uh, I think, on Friday. Um, CNN producer who worked shoulder to shoulder with Chris Cuomo has now been indicted on charges of luring young girls to his Vermont ski house for sexual subservience training. Hmm. Uh, this this guy, his name is John Griffin. He was arrested uh, and the FBI uh, has been doing a uh, uh, been doing an investigation on him for a while uh, he apparently was on um, Kick and Google Hangouts, and he communicated with people purporting to be parents of minor daughters, conveying to them, among other ideas, that a woman is a woman regardless of her age, and that women should be sexually subservient <laughs> no. and inferior to men. That's not a good point. <laughs> yeah. In, <laughs> Just not a good series of points. In June 2020, Griffin advised a mother of a nine to 13 year, uh, nine and 13 year old daughters that the mother's responsibility was to see that her older daughter was trained properly. He uh, sent her $3,000 for plane tickets so the mother and her nine year old daughter could fly to Nevada to Boston's Logan Airport. Uh, the mother and child flew to Boston July 2020, where he picked him up in his Tesla, drove to his house. The daughter was directed to engage and did engage in unlawful sexual activity. Um, does this maybe why they never talked about the CIA, why they're not talking about, um, you know, um, what's his name? Um, that, you know, Jeffrey Epstein definitely killed himself. Mm. They, I mean, they, they, this 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 is. This is only going to play into conspiracy centers again, but these people are so bad. The, the, it's just such a bad group of people, and it would behoove these organizations to have uh, somebody who is new at the top and clean house, just clean house. 
It's a good point, Glenn. I can't I can't disagree with it. I mean, look, we we know we worked in that building at one point and there are a lot of really good people who work there. And, and I know that that sounds like a disclaimer, uh, but it's not. I mean, we really did no, work with a lot of really great people who were there and people who we were, did. Some of them are liberal and still and aren't doing journalism the way I want them to. But they're not this. They're not Chris Cuomo. Uh, there's a big separation there. Uh, and there but does I think seem once to you be start a, to tolerate a real problem when once you start to tolerate things that aren't true that you just it's easy to slide into the mud mm-hmm. you know what i mean uh and they were tolerating i mean real journalists should have walked should have walked said you don't fire him right now i walk uh and that should have happened a long time ago with chris cuomo it's there's all the journalistic standards went out the window. And I really do not think it had anything to do with that. His firing. I don't think his firing was related to him basically destroying all sense of journalism for this company that purports to be the apple for every fact. Uh, this is an apple. If you remember that nonsensical mm-hmm. campaign, uh, you know, for that organization, you might say a, 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 an opinion organization wouldn't fire him immediately over some of the things he did. You might say, okay, well, you know what? We know he's he's biased in this way, and we're going to be out front with it and be okay. No, but they claim they, their news. Right. They should have done it minute one. They mm-hmm. waited way longer than any respectable opinion site would mm-hmm. have waited. And then when they did it, they only did it because they were embarrassed and were lied to by Chris Cuomo. It wasn't even that they thought what he did was particularly all that bad, it seems. It's just that it got to the point where it it made executives look and feel bad. And that is disgraceful. I mean it was the what they did was with this Cuomo situation from from you know January and February of 2020 until they finally got rid of the guy was an absolute complete and utter disgrace. I, 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 there's no defending it. There is absolutely no defending it. From minute one, when they started popping him on the air, with remember, this is a guy Andrew Cuomo who got fired for harassing women. They were on the air calling him the Love Gov on so, the air with his brother. To, listen to this: you've got Cuomo, who is abusive to women. You have Toomey, who was abusive to himself, I guess. Tubin, you're talking uh, about. Tubin. Mm-hmm. You have, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tubin. You have uh, Don Lennon, Lemon, who is in court for sexual harassment. And now you have this child predator who is the producer or one of the producers for CNN and Chris Cuomo. I mean, that's not a good record, guys. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Let me tell you about the Tuttle Twins. If you're still shopping for Christmas, your kids and your grandkids, now is uh, the time to pull the trigger on something that I think is an absolute must under your Christmas tree for your grandkids. It's the Tuttle Twins books. Tuttle Twins have toddler and children's books that explore the principles of freedom using stories and pictures. They have a free market curriculum with lessons that explore how free markets work So your kids, by the time they're teenagers, are reading the Tuttle Twins and can understand supply, demand, inflation, how the government intervention affects our economy. This is something that we must teach our kids because they are being taught the exact opposite. And, uh, you know, I know it's not good night moon, 
And people sometimes go like, well, I kind of feel weird because I'm teaching them. No, no one else is going to teach them this. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. You have to order now if you want it for Christmas. Holiday discount of 40% off right now. Tuttle's, TuttleTwinsBeck.com. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. All right, head over to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Welcome to the uh, program. Uh, I'm going to play some audio from uh, my interview with Donald Trump uh, over the weekend uh, and uh, also get into some some other things revolving uh, around that uh, coming up in just a few minutes. Also, don't forget MercuryOne.org uh, is on the scene now uh, trying to provide relief. We could use your donations 100% of the money will go right to the people who are victims of uh, this hurricane. So please join our efforts at mercuryone.org. Uh, looks like Elon Musk has uh, been named by Time Magazine the person of the year. Uh, we'll get into that a little later. And Chris Cuomo has named uh, our next guest a crazy right winger, the Fox weather bitch, which... I'm sure she appreciates Janice Dean is with us now. Hi, Janice. How are you? Oh, Glenn, you could say that word on on the air. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't like to, but uh, I want to get his words exact. Uh, this this is another all time low for these guys. I'm not surprised, though. I think you and I have spoken throughout this year and a half that I've been trying to raise awareness and accountability for the deaths of my husband's parents who were in nursing homes. And last spring, we found out that our governor uh, forced 9,000 COVID infected patients to go into nursing homes, including my husband's parents. Uh, And so I've kind of been on a mission um, to find out why and then find out also why he hid those numbers. At least 15,000 seniors died, and he was covering up the numbers by at least 50%. We now know the timeline corresponded with his $5.2 million book, celebrating himself and saying he was like the best leader in, a, in the middle of a pandemic, winning an Emmy Award, going on every major news channel to celebrate himself, including on his brother's network, uh, joking about free COVID tests that him and his family were getting while nursing homes could not test incoming patients. And early on, I heard from a few people that know this family very well. And and they told me, watch your back. Uh, These people are vindictive. They will come after you. Uh, They will do whatever they have to do to silence you. So I'm not surprised that this information is coming out. But what I am doing is I'm filing what they call a FOIL request, uh, Freedom of Information Law here in New York, to see if I can find any paperwork, official documentation from the Cuomo administration and Chris Cuomo uh, talking about myself or my family. Mm. I think that is a very smart move. These guys are, you know, I we joke that they're a mob family, but they have a lot of the mob-like uh, attitudes and tactics. You know, the, the family is number one. They circle the wagons and they destroy anybody that gets in their way. It really seems that way. And I've talked to a few people who are kind of tallying up all the potential crimes 
that this administration has committed. There are several of them, and they might even fall under the RICO Act. Mm. I mean, this is like an organized crime family. I, I, I mean, I'm not joking about this, and I know you're not either. So do you think that, do you think that, the, that somebody is going to see jail time from all of this? A Cuomo? I think, it, I think Andrew Cuomo could possibly see jail time from this, yes. The fact that he was actively covering up nursing home deaths to benefit himself and his family, uh, that would be a crime. Wow. Also, giving out those free friends and family COVID tests to city officials using state resources to do that. Uh, while nobody could get COVID tests. Um, and then the book deal, uh, the book deal, the fact that they used government resources and turned the executive chambers into a book publishing company uh, instead of saving New York, uh, you know, instead of governing, governing, governing the people he was elected to do that for. Uh, so there are several things that are against the law that he broke the law and should be punished for. It is it is fascinating to me to see how different states and people from those states are reacting to um, the coronavirus, where um, it is it's it's cult like it is almost cult like with the vaccines and the uh, the masking. Now it looks like we are going to have to mask up again in some states. Uh, New York is is doing that. Uh, Governor Inslee in Washington state said those who are unvaccinated are domestic terrorists. Uh, They're carrying around a time bomb in their backpack. This is insanity. When is this going to stop? That's a good question. Uh, You know, our governor here in New York has basically, you know, declared a state of emergency again, and um, she's enforced all of those rules and regulations. Um, You know, even kids the age of five and under are masking up. You know, my kids are in school every day. And yet every time I see her on television, she doesn't wear a mask. So, you know, we, we see these um, government officials saying that you have to do this. But yet when they go out and, and attend parties and functions, we don't see them with a mask on. It's, it's quite infuriating. How do you think um, things are going to end for Fauci? I can't understand why he's still out there speaking. You know, he this weekend, he said Americans are just going to have to deal with yearly boosters because they might become necessary. Whoa. Well, but the, the media keeps putting him on television. And, you know, early on, him and Andrew Cuomo were like buddies. You know, they called each other every day. He was very, you know, he was calling Chris Cuomo every day when Chris apparently had COVID, even though, you know, he was lying to us and, and was still going out uh, it, it, despite telling all of his viewers that he was quarantining. So I remember when um, Fauci was saying that Andrew Cuomo was doing a good job as body bags are piling outside of nursing homes. So, you know, he continues to be on television um, and people are giving him airtime. And I believe he also has a book coming out about how great he is. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Uh, Janice, thank you so much. Thanks for everything that you've done. Uh, and I hope you have a great, great holiday. Glenn, thank you. And thank you to your listeners as well for sending the prayers and, and listening to the story. You got it. Thank you. That is one woman who changed the world. She really did. She, she is, I think, the reason uh, Cuomo is out and all of this started to snowball. Would you agree with that? Yeah. If there's any one person responsible for it, it's her. I mean, I think you did a great job, too. I Thank mean, you, you were she she would say 
She would she's say. Also, I mean, yeah, she's so. You are also a big part of it. She's also the nicest person in the universe. Yeah, so, she is. Which is what's so amazing about this particular scandal with Chris Cuomo. I mean, there could not be anything more opposite of the truth than to call J- Janice Dean, uh, you know, a uh, an evil or whatever right w- right winger, crazy right winger, yeah, and obviously and the swears and stuff. In particular, that particular term is just so not, not her. her. I mean, not she's her. really. I mean, before this Cuomo thing. Obviously, she's been well known in the media for a very long time. She is a media senior meteorologist at Fox News. She has a, a very long and illustrious career. Uh, but you know, she recently has come to writing these books about just people doing nice things for each other mm-hmm. and going through tough times and struggles personally and overcoming them. Um, and what a witch! <laughs> it's like the exact opposite <laughs> right. of who she is. And you know, this is the type of thing that. Chris Cuomo has done for CNN. He said the opposite of the truth on the air, and now we apparently know off the air as well. That's who Chris Cuomo is, and what he you know. What's so for funny is they they said how bad Fox News was, mm. and yeah, there were some problems at Fox News, sexual problems uh, at uh, Fox News. I didn't see it, but I'm not a woman, and look at me, nobody's hitting on me. Um, but uh, I know that there were problems there. The ones that are at CNN, you wonder how how arrogant, how did they ever get to a place to believe that they could behave in worse manners and still point to the other and not have a stone come through their glass wall? You know, that takes balls. Mm. You know, usually if you're doing something, you're like, and somebody else does it. You don't dogpile on that person because you don't, you know, somebody's going to go, wait a minute, what do you do? You doing anything like that? And they just dogpiled. Seems like that was the cause of all these controversies, too. They kept saying things on the air or publicly that pissed off women they had harassed Correct. over multiple or years. Or in, right? in Don Lemon's case, a man. Mm. And just they just were like, okay, I can't take this anymore. Yeah. The hypocrisy. I can't take it anymore. By the way, let me give you some good news. Ron, De- Ron DeSantis mm-hmm. has uh, released his budget. And he's put $8 million into his budget to uh, transport illegal immigrants out of Florida and uh, shipping them uh, right to the District of Columbia and Delaware. <laughs> Now, they wouldn't. Uh, I, I love Martha, that. Wasn't Martha's Vineyard on the list as yeah, well? Yeah, Martha's Vineyard is as well. Now, yes. they wouldn't reject this, right? They, they wouldn't say, we don't want them to come here, would they? They certainly wouldn't say something like that because they are so willing to welcome illegal immigrants all over the country. I hope he and does other- it. I, I really hope he does it. Do you think he will? It's $8 million got to be approved by the legislature, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that it, that says it all. That would say it all. You came in with airplanes in the middle of the night and you landed and you put all these people in here without talking to anybody, not just the governor's office, but anyone in Florida. Nobody had a voice in saying, "Uh, no, we don't want the people who just crossed here illegally. You flew them in. Fine. We don't want them. We're going to we're going to give them to you because you are the leaders of this, Barack Obama. 
You're the leaders of this Washington, D.C. You're the leaders of this Delaware. You take them. How is the president going to say no in Delaware? How is he going to say no in Martha's Vineyard? And my temptation is to pitch it like this. Like, hey, what are you going to say? Are you going to say no here, guys? Well, wait a minute. I thought that you cared so much. That's my temptation. But in reality, let's just put it as let's just take them at their word. They continually say, number one, they're not a threat in any way. There's no negative consequences from this. And number two, they're the only ones who can help them. And and we are and treating them three, terribly. And number three, if you say anything about it, you're a xenophobe. Right. So, so let's load the plane. I'm for the I'm good serious. of the illegal immigrants. You say Republican states treat them horribly and don't give them the things that they need and treat them as uh, others and all of these things that you say all the time. We're all these racist states that don't want to help these fine people get along with their lives. Well, then maybe you should take them. Maybe you're the only one who can who can handle it. So Ron DeSantis is going to be on my program on Wednesday night. He's the Wednesday night special live mm. for the full hour. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. And uh, I'm going to tell him, if you can't get that through the budget, I think this audience would raise $8 million to do that. Don't you? We oh. move people out of the Middle East, <laughs> you know, to safety. No we should question. move them to the safety of Martha's Vineyard. And I think we could raise that $8 million in about an hour. So if he can't get it through the uh, legislature, our audience would raise the money. And you just put it together, Ron, and we'll pay for the planes. Because I think that is uh, a really good test. Who's xenophobic? Who thinks that they're an asset to your community in all ways? Who thinks they shouldn't be... Uh, uh, they shouldn't be verified that they're not good guys or bad guys. We're just going to take the people that you dropped off in Florida. You didn't check. You didn't vet. You didn't vaccinate. And we're just going to drop them off on Martha's Vineyard. Have a good time. <laughs> that, fantastic. The Martha's Vineyard one is fantastic. They're not going to say yes to that. No, neither will Delaware. <laughs> no, probably neither not. Will Delaware. You definitely won't get it there. They won't even let. They, they weren't even letting their own citizens back on those islands I during know. the COVID stuff. I know. They were like, oh, "You want only only a vacation home here? You're not allowed." <laughs> <laughs> those are the good people that mm-hmm. don't own the vacation homes. They live there year round. Okay. Those are the good people, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they had a. I think they had a right to say, "Oh, you're." Oh, you're only a snot from a city? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, I think you if can. you own property on one of these places, you should be able to these... visit the property. I don't know. <laughs> really? Yeah, Do I you? think so. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. that's crazy old. Oh, here he is dusting off the old <laughs> Constitution again. <laughs> Here's Rough Greens. Uh, Kurt wrote in recently about his dog experience. said, uh, our five-year-old healer mix, Pepper, loves Rough Greens on her food. After about a week of using it, we noticed that she seemed to have more energy. She was wanting to play more. Rough Greens has uh, turned back the clock on her active uh, activity uh, level. These days, she acts more like a puppy again. Couldn't be happier with Rough Greens. Thank you. Kurt, thank you for writing in. I feel the same way about Uno. He's 10, uh, which makes him an older German shepherd, uh, but he is acting like a puppy all the time. Glad to hear it worked for Pepper as well. Try it with your dog. It's a free bag right now. You can just try it out. All you pay for is the shipping. Go to Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Call them now, 833-GLEN-33. The Glenn Beck Program.
This is the Glenn Beck Program. We're glad you're here. So you did the Bill O'Reilly event this weekend with mm-hmm. the president, mm-hmm. uh, former President Trump. Uh, they're doing a bunch of cities around the country. Yeah. You can still get tickets, uh, I believe, to some of them. And I've noticed there's this attack going on that there was nobody there. Now, I saw the pictures. There seemed to be a lot of people there. There was a ton of people there. It was probably, I don't know, ten or 11,000 people there. Not, um, so basically nonsense. Yeah, they, they, they took the upper, upper level off. But there's a ton of things that, you know, you're not selling every. Yeah, they in can, an 18,000-seat venue, yeah. selling 11,000 is uh, pretty damn good. And it was, it was packed. It just was the upper nosebleed seats that, quite honestly, in some of those venues, you don't want to have people sitting in there because of the echo. It's made for basketball or hockey. Right. And so the, the spoken word events are right. difficult in venues like that. We've had that issue uh, yeah. before as well. Um, so did you get um, booed when you when you came out? I was kind of hoping there might be a, a loud, you know, like just deep guttural boo when you walked on stage. Any of that happen? Well, we have the audio. You'll have to hear for yourself. Really? And I walked out on stage. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was going to say, they're probably just saying, you stew. And that no, would make I it. No, okay. I said stew, and they <laughs> said boo. Oh, oh. And I was like, no, it's stew. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Let me tell you about Built Bar. <laughs> Better than a candy bar. Better than a candy bar. Rich with flavored, covered in real chocolate, yet amazingly low in calorie, sugar, net carbs, and fat. They're high in protein, so they're delicious and healthy. Well, you have the raspberry, the raspberry chocolate, the uh, the orange chocolate, the mint brownie, the cherry, the double chocolate cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie. I mean, they are really good, especially at times of high stress with lots of cookies and other treats around. Do yourself a favor. Get something healthy and delicious. It's Built Bar. Built.com. Built.com. Use the promo code BEC15. Get 15% off your order. Use again the promo code BEC15 for 15% off at built.com all right we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what happened with trump there was some news made uh from the history tour um trump uh, on reparations and china uh, the world leaders and what was offered for january 6th that's all coming up in just a second with uh, President Trump Friday and Saturday uh, and I've got a lot to share with you but I want to start on Saturday first Saturday afternoon uh, I was with Bill O'Reilly and President Trump at Bill's history tour which I think had two stops this weekend has a couple of other stops now in uh, in Texas it is well worth your time seeing it's not a rally it is a serious sit down with president trump and uh we have bill o'reilly 
here to talk about a few of the things that happened, the news that was broken. We have the audio on President Trump. I think one of the more interesting things is how Speaker Pelosi turned down Trump's request for 10,000 National Guard troops for January 6th. We'll tell you about that in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. You want to create some valuable breathing room in your budget, pay less for your home, and possibly save up to $1,000 a month. Now is the time to refinance your mortgage. You have the benefit now of extremely low mortgage rates and the incentive of an economy that has gone insane and may not stabilize for quite some time. Take a look at your loan. What's the interest rate that you're running into? If you're paying higher than 3%, it's time to get uh, a lower interest rate. And you can do that by placing a call to American Financing. Imagine how much you could free up not having to pay such a high rate. Imagine what skipping a mortgage payment or two over the next couple of months could do. And if you take your high interest credit cards and you roll them into your mortgage, you could save up to $1,000 every single month. 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Oh my gosh. How are you? I will tell you, uh, I was in town last night. I did an interview with the uh, president, uh, and he is in a very good mood. You're going to enjoy tonight. I got here last night, and Bill O'Reilly invited me to have dinner uh, with him and some friends, and I uh, then got an invitation to have dinner with the president in Melania, and so I felt bad the whole time thinking of Bill at that Applebee's all by himself. I'm not going to uh, waste any time. This is the show everybody has been waiting for. This is the show that President Biden said, Hedumbalum, shoe, parrot, popsicle. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, wait a minute. This is no joke. I would verify this is on Bill O'Reilly stationery. He asked me to say this. Here, Glenn, please say, as you know, Bill is a humble guy. No, ask him, seriously, he will tell you. His best trait is his humility. And that is saying something. So, introduction is short. He is the most successful cable news anchor of all time. And the best-selling nonfiction book author of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome... I can't read the rest. Ladies and gentlemen, Bill O'Reilly. And we welcome Bill to the program today. Hello, Bill. How are you? Yeah, I was stunned the crowd liked you. <laughs> I was equally as stunned that they liked you. By the way, yeah, thank well, you I for... was trying to get you in there so I wouldn't look so bad. Right. I, I, um, I want to thank you for the hospitality. Can we throw up, if you're watching on The Blaze, throw up the picture of me outside of the venue for about 20 minutes 
in the heat. Just wait. Do we have that? Do we don't have that? There we <laughs> there go. There I am. And I don't know if we have the picture of me in this luxurious dressing room. Um, it was the <laughs> Panthers, uh, uh, you know, NHL team, NHL team. What do you the call those locker rooms? Mm-hmm. Uh, there was there was there wasn't even a water in there for me, <laughs> but I appreciate perfect, it. Bill. Perfect, it was Bill. it was a great way to, you know. Show me what was important and who was important. We want to keep you humble, Dan. <laughs> so uh, I want to play a couple of clips uh, because sure. I, I think there there was some news made. Uh, and when you first came out, you said that, you know, this is not a rally. Uh, this right. is to put things on the record. Uh, and there's a there's a couple of things. Let's play cut three here. Here's Nancy Pelosi, January 6th. I knew how large this was going to be because everyone I knew was saying, oh, we're going to be there on the 6th. We're going to be no matter where you went. I said, I think this is going to be really big. And I asked the secretary of defense. I said, I think you should recommend to Nancy Pelosi and to Congress because they're the ones that control it. I would like to recommend 10,000 National Guardsmen to go and to police here just in case. I mean, it's a massive rally. This could be over a million people. And by the way, I think it was substantially over a million people. You never hear that, but I think it was substantially. Did the DOD uh, go to Pelosi? And yeah, he did. And they, they turned, uh, Chris Miller, who was a great guy and did a great job, he went to them. He made, I didn't do it as an order. I did it as a suggestion. Because remember, they run the police. Uh, right, Pelosi, in the district. Pelosi and Schumer run that whole so operation. So, so a lot of people don't know this. They don't like to report it. So they went there. They recommended that I had, that I said, only because I knew the size of this crowd was going to be enormous. What you see there was, again, a very small number of people relative to the people that heard the speeches and went home. And I said 10,000 people. And Nancy Pelosi turned it down. Did the, you ever ask her why? Did you ever find no, out? No, I didn't ask her why. Okay. She'd, she'd give well, next time I talk to her, I'll ask her. It would be a good thing. Next time you talk to her, ask right. her. Anybody want to ask her why? Um, but you don't hear that. I mean, I'll bet you most of the people in this audience have never heard that before. So I recommended 10, but I said, do whatever they want. They're running the Capitol. They know what they're doing. And the Capitol Police knew about it, and she knew about it. And they turned it down because they said it didn't look good. Okay, so Bill, this answers yeah. one of one of the questions: Where was the National Guard? Uh, and the second the second question is: Why did it take so long to get anybody anybody out there? They knew you know, it, in it's advance. even worse than that because you have this uh, committee in uh, the House um, investigating President Trump for instigating right the attack on the Capitol. So now he goes on the record and says, two days before, I wanted 10,000 guard in D.C., not only at the Capitol, but other government offices. And uh, the Pelosi would no. Now, the Washington Post has disputed that, but it looks like um, Donald Trump did exactly what he said he, he did. And, you know, you can't trust the hate Trump media at all. But this is a this just um, basically knocks out that House committee. The whole premise goes down the drain. And that was, you know, one of my goals 
was to get on the record um, a bunch of stuff that has never been reported to the American people. And we succeeded in doing that, but it, it wasn't an easy slog. You have another clip you want to run because I have two points I want to make, but uh, I don't want to interrupt the flow. Yeah, so let me just give you, uh, let me give you one more. Here's Trump on China and reparations. Listen to this. Do you think the Chinese government had anything to do with that virus? Well, I think this. I think they have to pay a price for the damage they caused to the world. I do think that. What price would they that cost, be? It's got to be a price. And by the way, they create a lot of money. I don't know that they have a lot of money, but they certainly create a lot of money. Nobody has the money that we're talking We're talking about probably 50 or 60 trillion dollars. They don't have that money. Nobody has that money. Nobody will ever have that money. The damage and the death that has been caused. So a lot of people ask me that question. I personally don't think so, but I'll tell you what they did do very badly. They didn't let the world know about it. Right. They didn't tell people to keep up your guard. They guarded China. You couldn't get out of Wuhan or you couldn't get out of the Wuhan province. They covered it up. The province. Well, no, you couldn't get into China. But you could get into Europe and you could get into the U.S. You could get it all over the world, but they wouldn't let you. So that's a thing that they're going to have to explain. And if we had the right people, they would be explaining. But they should. We talk about reparations. They should pay reparations for the damage. But they'll never do that. All right. Bill, go ahead. Yes. Well, I mean, you basically have a, uh, a situation here where you have a sitting president uh, coming in and answering very serious questions. And my task, and, and I know you saw this, is some of the people in the audience, and the audience was huge, and I want to get to that um, in, in a moment, they thought they were at a rally. So I actually scolded them. I had to scold them. I was stern. I said, wait a minute. This is the president of the United States. Uh, we're getting information we don't know. And, and you're going, oh, no, don't do that. This is a very serious thing. Now, I, I did get it under control. Um, and it, and the next night in Orlando, it wasn't that way. But because there are 11,000 in the building in Fort Lauderdale, yeah. um, it's hard. You know, there, were, there were people who couldn't grasp the concept that this was one of the only times that Donald Trump had been asked serious questions about the world and the country because the corrupt media didn't want to hear any of this and still doesn't. As- and that brings me to Newsweek. All right. So Newsweek, one of the most corrupt uh pieces of garbage in the country runs a piece that says oh there were all these empty seats and you know and then it's immediately picked up by the daily beast huffington post all right, of this right. crap all right here's here's the timeline Thirty thousand people have bought tickets to these four shows and the texas shows on saturday and sunday houston dallas are still selling Thirty thousand people in the middle of a pandemic the show in Lauderdale grossed $2 million. And Newsweek puts out this garbage, this lie, on purpose to denigrate the show. And it gets picked up and distributed. Well, here, is here is a, here's, the thing that, here's the thing that I thought of, Bill, as I was leaving, right. before I heard any of that this morning. Uh, when I was leaving the venue, 
I looked at my staff and said, name another president from either party that could have sold at $100 a pop an interview with him uh, and sold that many tickets. I mean, I, I, there's, there's no one in the world no one, could have done it. No one. In the middle of a pandemic. Now, that's listen, there were people absolutely wanted to see the, program, the show, but were afraid to go particularly elderly people, all right? And I know that to be true. But we are, this is probably the most successful political show of all time in the history it of really it, it probably is uh, i mean i i saw the i saw the rolling oh stones at God. the at the cotton bowl here a couple of weeks ago and there were a lot of unsold seats uh there as well but this was a good sized crowd let me ask you this the um the problem with the tickets because this is what i heard that somebody had hacked in and made some of the tickets look like fraudulent and so that caused some of the delay people had to go to the will call was there was there anything nefarious that was going on with that i didn't i didn't hear any of that uh at all the secret service had you know obviously when you've got that many people coming in, it, it slowed it down as far as people getting into the arena. Uh, and then there was you standing out there and yeah, that caused a riot and, yeah, and people wanted to get your autograph. All by whatever. myself. All by okay. myself. Kicking rocks in the parking lot. Asking myself, why the hell did I agree to do this for Bill? I just don't get it. <laughs> hey, you were a big hit, Beck. Yeah, that was right. good for you. Thanks a lot, Bill. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks for uh, helping us out. And we'll talk again later this week, I hope. You got it. Uh, In Houston at the Toyota Center, tickets are still available at toyotacenter.com. And uh, that is on the 18th, 19th in Dallas at the American Airlines Center, uh, ticketmaster.com. I will tell you this. um, Donald Trump is in a really good place right now. Uh, I worried about that uh because he wasn't in a really good place uh, just a few months ago if you remember at the beginning of the year not a good place uh and he's in a really good place and i'm going to share some of the things that i learned from him in our interview i did a sit down with him about the future uh and that is going to air in january but i want to play a couple of cuts uh from that coming up in just a little while First, let me tell you about the Tuttle Twins books. These are books that are an absolute must if you are a parent or a grandparent. If you care about the country, you need to read these with your kids. Tuttle Twins books. Um, They have toddlers and children's books that explore the principles of freedom using stories and pictures. They have great stories that help teenagers. Um, Even you will learn a lot. I learned a lot. Uh, They have a free market curriculum with lessons that explore how free markets work so your kids understand supply, demand, inflation, and how government intervention affects an economy. They have the principles of liberty, things that our founders knew that our kids don't know and most of us probably don't even know. I urge you to get these books for your kids and your grandkids. They, They are going to be the ones that will be life or death for the republic. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. You'll get 40% off right now. The workbooks are free. Give them to your kids and your country. The gift of liberty. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. 10 seconds. Station ID.
So we know Bill made some news with his interview uh, with the president on stage. You conducted an interview at Mar-a-Lago as well, which is coming out on a podcast in January, right mm-hmm. after the new year, kind mm-hmm. of getting the new year started. One of your focuses going in was how do you keep this looking only to the future? Were you able to actually get him to talk about the future? Did he, was yeah, that, he was, that was the really, yeah, he was really, really, um, he was right on. Mm. I said to him right before, I said, Mr. President, I, this one is going to be airing in January, so I want to look forward, not backward. And he said, okay. And uh, I said, I'm going to just talk about the economy and everything that's going on. Uh, so whenever you're ready. And he said, I'm ready now. And we sat down and did the interview and he was he was on it. I mean, he was throwing numbers out, you know, about how much we spend per kid and what China was doing and what Russia is doing and the supply chain. That guy is on it. He's on it. He is crystal clear. He I honestly looking at him and being around him. I feel older than he does. I mean, I don't know what it is in his gen- in his genes, but that guy is on top of it. On top of it. Did you ask him if he... I, I, I almost want to say, did you ask him off the air? Because he's not going to answer it on the air. But did you talk to him at all about running? And what do you, do you think he's running? So I haven't listened back to it yet. But uh, my producer that was there making notes... Uh, I saw her eyes go wide at one point. We got off and she said, I can't believe you didn't follow up on that. And I said, what? And she said, he basically told you he was running. Mm. And uh, I, I didn't, I don't know why, but I didn't hear that. Um, but he, he went with the premise the whole time. I right. just said, let's just assume. Uh-huh. So what would you do? And he never, he never said, now remember, I'm not running or, you know, what usually yeah, the happens. Typical disclaimer stuff. Yeah, he put mm. no disclaimers in there. And we talked about the economy. We talked about um, the dangers that are ahead. Uh, Putin, in fact, I think we're going to play what he said about Putin uh, and, uh, and Joe Biden because it's, it's, uh, it's significant. It's significant. Did he use the word transitory at any point? No, he didn't. No, okay. no he didn't. What, what was, what was Awful. his? Awful. Yeah, okay. uh, mm-hmm. uh, shameful. Mm-hmm. Intentional. Mm. Um, uh, going to get harder and harder to fix. Uh, but I fixed it before. I guess I'll have to fix it again. The intentional part of that is interesting. So they did he because there's a certainly a, I think a conflict between the idea that maybe Joe Biden's just really bad at this job. Yeah. Or is it that he Joe Biden is intentionally look, bad at this job? He said you can't look at all of the things that have happened and uh, and not seriously think. This has got to be intentional. He's like everything that the man does is is not in our favor. Uh, you, you can't just you can't flip a coin and be wrong that many times in a row. Basically, correct. yeah, okay. correct. Uh, it it was uh, it was fascinating. I, I also go- asked him, mm-hmm. "Will you abolish the Department of Ed? Will you go in and clean house top to bottom, State Department?" CIA, NS, uh, NSC, all of these things. Uh, I named like about eight cabinet uh, positions and said, fire, would you fire everyone top to bottom? Uh, wait till you hear that answer. <laughs> wait till you hear 
that answer. And you had uh, dinner with the oh, president. Oh, I have to tell you about dinner. Yeah. Melania is first time I've ever met Melania. She is more gracious and more beautiful in person uh, than you than you think. She. Uh, mm. I'll wait until you hear an answer. Well, Ricky, our producer, was trying to get her to say something mean, <laughs> and she just wouldn't do it. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right, let me tell you about Built Bars. Built.com. They say you can't take it with you, but I, you know, while I think that's probably true, uh, you know, there's no, uh, there's not a U-Haul behind a hearse that I've ever seen, although I might insist on one of those for my funeral. Uh, just in case, I like to, you know, have Built Bars on me at all times. Maybe I can have a snack uh, on the way to that big radio station in the sky someday. Uh, built, built.com. Every time you bite into a Built Bar, you'll feel like you died and went to heaven. It is great. They're candy bars, but they are healthy for you. 100% real chocolate. Also made high in protein and fiber, low in fat, low in carbs. You can get them because... Uh, I mean, once you have one, you will realize what I'm saying. I'm not making up. It tastes like a candy bar. It's the it's the closest thing that you'll ever find to something that you really, really like and is supposed to be bad for you. That's really, really good for you and low in calories. It's built.com. Use the promo code Beck 15. Get 15 percent off now. Built.com. Head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. So I was uh, fortunate enough to sit with the president for about an hour for a special that is going to air on Saturday. I'm going to play a couple of clips here for you uh, in a second. Uh, but it'll it'll air uh, next January, right at the beginning of the year. Uh, but I was at uh, Mar-a-Lago, and Mar-a-Lago is this incredible. It is it's the second largest mansion in Florida. It was built in the 1920s. I think it took him from 23 to 27 to build. It was built by E. F. Hutton and um, uh, Marjorie Merriweather Post from the Post. Uh, money, you know, the, the serial people. Uh, and they couldn't afford the cu- upkeep by 1975. And it is Mar-a-Lago means, I think, from river to sea or from ocean to I don't know. But it uh, it basically it sits and goes across all of West Palm. So it's on the Gulf side and the ocean side the other way. And uh, <laughs> typical Donald Trump. Typical Donald Trump. They couldn't afford it anymore, so they gave it to the state of Florida. The Merriweather Post people gave it to the state of Florida and said, you should fix this up, and it could be the winter White House. And uh, so the state of Florida took it, made it a historic site, and then couldn't afford to, couldn't afford to do anything. So uh, Post, uh, they, uh, Congress, I think, in 1980, took it uh, and said we don't want this. we don't want this florida said we don't want this it's too expensive and so they gave it back to the post family and so they put it up for sale for i think 20 million dollars donald trump offers 15 this is so donald trump offers 15 million for it uh and when they said no are you crazy it's worth more than that 
he bought the property just adjoining on the the ocean side and said well I'm, okay well i'm going to build my house right here and it'll obstruct your view and because they everybody believed him he got it for 10 million is that not donald trump wow he is a genius at ne- cutthroat but a genius at negotiation a genius <laughs> Um, I asked him, I said, so you got it for 10 million. He sold the furniture, which raised $10 million. So he paid for it immediately. Um, and then he was going to make it into a private house. Uh, and he lived in it for about, I don't even know, eight years, maybe. Uh, then when he hit hard times, he wanted to make it into a hotel. It's a national historic site. They couldn't do that. So he made it into a, uh, a, uh, uh, croquet club. Hmm. <laughs> And you can now go and stay there and have dinner, et cetera, et cetera, if you're part of the club. Let me just give you the stats on this thing. It is, by the way, Mar-a-Lago means sea to lake. That's what it is. Um, It has 58 bedrooms, uh, 33 bathrooms, a 29-foot-long marble-top dining table, 12 fireplaces, and three bomb shelters. Just the three. Just the three. Mm. It is. It's spectacular. I asked him if I could come back and do a documentary on Mar-a-Lago because it is beautiful. The way he has redone it, it's stunning. I mean, it's it's better than the breakers. Uh, The breakers is held by the United States government and it's dusty and musty. And Mar-a-Lago is pristine and it's it's remarkable. So anyway, we were there and we were in this. this little place that must have been like the children's theater or a place back in the twenties where, you know, somebody would come to sing or play the piano. It had a little teeny stage in it and could probably fit about 30 people sitting down. And, uh, we were in that room and we started to talk and I, I'm going to play a couple of cuts here for you. This is from the special that will air, uh, next January. Here is cut one. When we were talking about, Russia, Putin, and Biden. One of the first things that Joe Biden did was to stop the Keystone uh, pipeline and then say to Russia, you can build your pipeline. That's something that Reagan, forever we've been saying, don't do that. Poland begged him, Ukraine begged him, don't do that. You had- I stopped it. You had stopped it. It was done. Correct. If if you would have done that, people would have said, see, there, he's in he's bed. He's friends with Putin. Friends he with loves Putin. Putin. You know, it's like crazy. I watched, this is being taped in, uh, what is it, November or December, um, and it would be airing in January. But I think it was this week, I watched Putin look at Joe Biden. I didn't see respect or fear uh, from him, a fear of the United States or respect for the United States. True. Um, it, it, you know Putin, you know how he thinks, you know how to deal with him. Is he going to move into Ukraine, do you think? Well, it's looking like that. Uh, you know, when Biden told him about what well, he was talking about sanctions, when Biden says sanctions, Putin's saying sanctions, if they're only going to sanction, then there's no sanction that's going to stop me from taking over a country. And by the way, it's a massive piece of land right. in an unbelievable location. Right. You know that. But he didn't say there could be very serious consequence. A sanction is not a serious consequence, no matter how strong it is. 
not when it comes to taking over a country. Correct. And there was no fear. Let me play one more uh, one more clip. He he. Do we have the China clip? Is that what we're going to play next? No, this is Fauci. Listen to what he said about Fauci. Before we leave, I know you're on a tight schedule. I think Melania no, was stop, one of the... No, stop, stop, stop. That's cut 14. Cut 13, please. Jackie, I think when, when this was coming out of China, it was perfectly reasonable to shut everything down yeah. because we didn't know. They were welding people into their homes in China. We had no idea, and they weren't being opened. And by us. the way, they weld them in, and they never opened them. Right. That was the end of them. Mm. Fauci, I wanted to give I wanted to give everybody the benefit of the doubt in those early yeah, days. I understand. We have done a ton of research. I did one of the biggest chalkboards I think I've ever done. Right. Um, they were using federal government money to do um, uh, Wuhan. Yeah, in Wuhan. I stopped it. Right. I was the one that stopped well, it. Well, you did, but I don't think Fauci uh, cared about that. Fauci's yeah. now claiming he's science. Did you ever? Th- did you ever, would he still be working for you today? No, not now, but, but he's a great promoter. He's not a great doctor, but he's a great promoter. <laughs> but you have to understand, everything he wanted, I didn't do. As an example, he wanted to keep it open to China. He ultimately was wrong about that and admitted it and admitted that I saved tens of thousands of lives. He wanted to keep it open. I saw what was happening in Italy and France mm-hmm. and Spain. Mm-hmm. And I closed it to Europe very early. You know, in China, it was January I closed it. And in Europe, it was shortly thereafter. We saved thousands and thousands of lives. He wanted to do that. And then his big one of them all is the masks are useless. They don't mean anything. And then all of a sudden, he wants you to wear 10 masks. You know, wear as many as you can. Put them all over, cover your ears, do everything. So I didn't really do much of what he said. And... He wasn't a big factor for me, in a sense, because of that. Uh, it's an interesting interview, and a, uh, he's in a really uh, good place. And I think I understand him uh, even more. He, um, he feels a great deal of loyalty to the people who have supported him. I mean, the one thing I've learned about Donald Trump is loyalty is everything. That is probably the highest virtue to him. Uh, And it goes two ways. Loyalty to him and loyalty to his friends. And he considers the people that voted for him friends. And I think that's what the press meets when he does rallies. It's like sitting down at a, you know, some some guy's living room and watching TV together, and he's like, ah, you know what? You know, it was really crazy. I mean, he's he just relates to people and just talks to people like people. And and the press isn't used to that, uh, and nor do they like that. He's not an elitist, which is really crazy because of all of the gold rooms that surround him. He seems like he could very easily be elitist, but he's not. Um, and so he's very confusing uh, if you're if you just want to put people in boxes. But he said he. Um, you know, he didn't make any announcements, but uh, when we talked about the. Um, the idea of him running again, 
he spoke about the uh, the people that he feels in a way were let down um, that, you know, he promised to uh, do certain things. He did them uh, and he can't let he can't let those people down. He's got to go in and correct these problems again he didn't make any announcement at all that that i felt um but he spoke about the obligation that he feels from the people who support him that they love the country he loves the country you know these marxists that are in destroying everything uh and look at the state of the economy and he feels he's uniquely positioned to fix that and I, I think he is. I think he is. We're going to play one more cut before we go today um, in about an hour uh, with uh, with Melania. She was a remarkable, remarkable woman. He invited us to dinner after I finished, and he said to the whole crew, and one of the guys was just wearing jeans and a T-shirt, I think. And uh, he's like, you guys want to have dinner? And said, oh, well, it was either that or McDonald's, so either that or Bill O'Reilly at Applebee's. So we'll take that. And um, so we had dinner and met Melania for the first time. She is more gracious than you would expect. And you would expect her to be gracious. She's always seemed gracious. Um, But I found her to be remarkable. And we took something that she said two different ways. Ricky, who is our executive producer, who I think just wanted her to lash out just for her own satisfaction, you know, just for because Melania should lash out because she was treated like a dog by the press. Uh, And so Ricky wanted some some satisfaction of, yes, she saw it and she was pissed Um, and she wouldn't give it to her. Now, Ricky feels that it was kind of like, oh, well, why don't you have some sweet tea? Oh, well, bless your heart. And you know what that means? I don't think so. I think she was just completely sincere. Uh, Ricky said, what do you think of the, uh, new, the new Christmas decorations at the White House, which I personally think are atrocious, but who cares? Melania said, well, you know, the wonderful thing about uh, this country is we all can have different uh, 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 different." Uh, Oh, how would it, what was it like, sir, or uh, opinions? We can all have different uh, opinions and different tastes, and it all works out. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that is so sweet. And that's when Ricky was thinking, why, bless their heart. <laughs> yeah, bless their heart there in the Biden administration. Perfect night's sleep. What does it feel like? Well, I will tell you, uh, if you have my pillow and any of the other products he makes, you might feel it every single night. Mike is now offering his my pillows, the ones that started it all, that you just put your fists in both sides and you fluff it once and that's it for the rest of the night. No turning over, no trying to find a cool spot or anything like that. Lowest price yet on his my pillows. The standards are nineteen ninety eight, originally sixty nine ninety eight, fifty dollars in savings, and the king size pillow is only ten dollars more. Now you can get his money back trial, no questions asked. His guarantee, all your money back, until March first of next year. 
That way you can get it now. You can give it to somebody. They can try it out and they have till March to return it. Just click on the radio listener specials. You're going to find this amazing offer. But also offers on the Giza Dream Sheets, the mattress topper, the slippers, and so much more. Enter the promo code BECK. Call 800-966-3117. 800-966-3117. It's MyPillow.com. You are listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Scott, there's a new story uh, that came out today, and I, it sounds negative at first, and I okay. want to warn you. All right. Sounds negative. It sounds first, negative at but first. But it's not going to end negative. We can turn this around, I think. All right, okay. Okay. Right, okay. Now, as you know, I'm a huge LeBron James fan. Oh, a big you supporter love of him. him. Yeah. Really love excited him. Mm-hmm. Uh, for all of his efforts. Um, there is a, so he, if you remember, the one thing that people say when you say LeBron James is a terrible human being <laughs> um, is they will mention he started a school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did kind of, and there's some details around that mm-hmm. we don't need to get into right mm-hmm. now. Let's just give him yeah, full credit sure. for the school today. Sure. Why? Well, the principal of the LeBron James I Promise School has resigned after slapping an 11-year-old student in the face. Now, this sounds like a negative story, and I can understand how you might react that way. Sure. Uh, in fact, it was actually pretty bad. The busted lip and was bleeding. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, she eventually texted the mom, mom not happy about the uh, whole situation, shockingly. Um, however, the good thing about this story is when, she, when the kid was slapped by the principal of LeBron James's school, the kid was masked. And therefore, oh preventing the spread of oh COVID-19. Oh my gosh, that is great. Yes! That is great. That's really... So he like, made, yeah. her bleed, made the kid yeah. bleed through the mask. Yeah. Uh, so, through the mask. I mean, because you hit someone with a cloth mask on their face, so yeah. you have to get it pretty hard to hard. get bleeding yeah. out of it. I mean, in all seriousness, it's a pretty disturbing story. and But not a shock from Le- 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 LeBron James all. school. Not, not really. At all. No. Now, do I have evidence that LeBron James texted this particular principal and asked no. her to hit the but child? But you don't Absolutely mind speculation. Not. Absolutely not. I just want to say I don't have that evidence at yeah. this time. All right. I just want to, I want to make sure people know. You don't. I you don't have, have that, that evidence. I don't. I'm, right. not, I'm not claiming to have it, right. nor can I produce it right. at this time. What I can produce is mm-hmm. uh, don'tbealebron.com. You can get your uh, Don't Be an Idiot, Don't Be a LeBron t-shirt. That I can that promise you. That's fantastic. there. That's real, Glenn. Well, you don't know that the other isn't real. You just don't have the evidence. I don't yet. have any evidence on evidence. it whatsoever. Right. Therefore, can't produce it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we'll keep least... listening and watching for that. Still, well, thank you very much. You're Glenn. welcome. This is the Glenn Beck program. Let me tell you a little bit about Echelon. If you've ever looked at exercise equipment, it is nosebleed expensive, especially if you get the snotty bike that rhymes with Echelon. Um, it is. Uh, first of all, I think it's uncomfortable. Yes, I have ridden on one. Uh, they're uncomfortable. Well, it's uncomfortable because they keep making you move your legs all the time. That's exactly not a fair exactly criticism. right. <laughs> anyway, um, if you are looking for a great exercise bike or any kind of exercise equipment, Echelon. I want you to check out Echelon. They are the affordable way to get the workout equipment and the workout community and the instructor's motivation right in the comfort of your own home, and it's affordable. Right now, for a limited time, you can get up to $800 off of the retail price. Get this exclusive discount. All you have to do is text BECK to 8181. That's BECK to 818181. Do it now. Echelon. Echelon. 
text Beck 81881. Welcome to the program. Jim Cramer says we're in the strongest economy he's ever seen. Wow, I wonder what happened there. Also, the voice of a tornado survivor today. And what did Putin do when he hung up the phone with Joe Biden after talking about Ukraine? Actions speak louder than words. What did Putin do? We'll tell you in 60 seconds. The CEO of Goldman Sachs just said publicly that he expects to see lower returns on stocks for the next few years. Gee, sounds like uh, the old market's overinflated or a giant bubble, maybe. Maybe it's time to take some of the winnings off the table and move them into something more conservative, something that will protect that uh, asset of yours. Time-tested winner, as always, is precious metals. Gold and silver are where you want to be when the next crash comes, and it could be closer than you think. I invest in gold as a hedge against insanity and chaos, because in the end, that is something physical that you can hold in your hand that the world has always returned to. I know, I know, this time it's different, except that's what they say every time. Call Goldline this week to learn about how to diversify and protect a portion of your investment portfolio with precious metals. This week, Goldline is offering 6% in promotional metals in qualifying self-directed IRA acquisitions. So call and speak with an account executive right now. They're waiting for your call at 866-GOLDLINE. 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Hmm. CBS News Sunday morning uh, had First Lady Jill Biden uh, on. Uh, we, we don't have the audio for you because nobody ever thought CBS, uh, you know, Sunday morning was important to tape. So I'm just going to give you the transcript. They had uh, Jill Biden on and uh, they they talked to her about the plummeting polls. And she said, you know, during the campaign, Joe made certain promises, things that he would do, and we're going through a pandemic, which no one would have anticipated. Wait a minute. Stu, help me out. During the campaign, mm-hmm. Joe made certain promises, things that he would do, mm-hmm. but we're going through a pandemic, which no one could have anticipated. Yeah. Well, they're basically saying that you know the COVID-19 pandemic would not be something you could have foreseen in 2020 when the election was going on. But, but the uh, pandemic was going on in... 2020 when the election was going on well well the covid 21 pandemic <laughs> You're right okay not the covid 19 pandemic the covid 21 pandemic okay which is which is um, that's not what anyway mm-hmm. so he came in and uh he did his uh, american rescue plan which rescued america has, has it rescued a because if this is your rescue thank you i'll stay in the lifeboat 
Millions of families got money because they were desperate. We have vaccines for kids ages five and up that quite honestly, nobody wants. And now with the infrastructure plan, we're going to have better roads and better buildings so we don't have asbestos and better drinking water. So the reporter, Rita Braver, said, so you figure once the public comprehends this, things will turn around. (laughs) I do. I do. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, You know, Uh, getting rid of asbestos. Sure. Important. But I don't see that on any poll. Really? Uh, no, I don't. I don't. You don't mm-hmm. see that topping the list of all no, concerns? I don't. It is ahead of global warming. Mm-hmm. So that's good. It is, <laughs> it is a higher concern <laughs> than that. But that's about it. Right, right. Um, they also asked if she was, you know, worried about her, you know, husband's mental decline. He said, she said, I mean, this is ridiculous. Joe's on the phone every single minute of the day talking to governors who are calling him and Nancy Pelosi. That's why we're worried about it. Because he keeps calling the same people over and over again. It's right. like, Joe, we just talked five minutes ago. Do he's, you not remember that? He's on Zoom. He's doing fundraisers. He's doing briefings. I mean, he doesn't stop from nine in the morning till 11 at night. Does anybody believe that? I was Look, just going to say that thing, same thing. No way. No way. I understand you, the person that is your, we're talking about here is your husband, and you're going to say nice things about him, but no one believes that he's working from, what was it, 9 a.m.? 9 a.m. to 11, to 11 p.m. p.m. Nobody believes that. No way. Nobody believes that. Nope. On the phone the whole time, in meetings the whole time. Nope. Well, I mean, it's almost a worse case scenario for him. Like, if he, if this is him doing the work, because I can't, I mean, like, you want to give him a break, maybe he's just really tired and he's going to bed at 5 p.m. and he's not doing anything. That's the better case scenario here. You know, I mean, have you seen, did you see the, the pictures that came out of Afghanistan over the weekend? No. The country is in full economic collapse. Of course it is. Now, shockingly, this incredibly talented economic crew of the Taliban is not able to manage uh, their economy all that well, but like people are starving. Forget the terrorism and the things that we expected going in. This is also expected, but a different uh, element here where the entire country has collapsed. And we keep, you know, we, we said this, and I think it's correct in some ways, but a lot of people said, like, you know, we were there for 20 years and, and all of this was for nothing. You know, it really wasn't for nothing. I mean, the, the life no. of the of the people there was a lot better than when we got there in 2000. And there was a lot of people that, you know, a lot of women had freedom for the very first yeah. time. People who were born the day we went in experienced school. The women, the girls, experienced school for the first time. Yeah, famously, obviously, when the Taliban was there, the female schooling rate was like literally 0%, right? Um, uh, but people forget that before the Taliban got there, it was like 20%. It wasn't like, it wasn't a good situation when our last numbers before we left Afghanistan, were, were the numbers were in the 80s, 80% of girls going to school. And that is going to crash back down again to close to zero in the middle of a complete economic collapse. And I think it's a fair argument for us to say, there's probably many people in the audience making this point in, inside their heads, that 
It's not our job to micromanage their economy. It's not our job to make sure their kids go to school. It's not our job to make the life of Afghani citizens better. That's, and that's all fair. And I think true and from a policy perspective. Did not have to happen this way. Did not have to be complete and utter collapse immediately. Did not have to be turned over to uh, a group of people who have outwardly advocated for the death of women who don't follow all of their rules to a T for decades. Well, Did not have to happen like this. It also doesn't have to happen in our own United States. You know, they, mm. we brought in some of the uh, female governors from Afghanistan. And one of them is now speaking out and saying, I can't get the State Department to listen, but I came in and they have brought terrorists into America. I know I've seen them and you got to stop this. And mm. nobody is paying any attention. But that's probably because we're all celebrating about the economy. I don't know if you heard Jim Cramer, but he says this is the strongest economy he's ever seen. All right. First of all, to me, we have the strongest economy perhaps I have ever seen. See that number this morning, the unemployment number? It's the best in years. It's not best in 69. We have all spotted the endless help wanted signs, the housing and apartment shortages, the tremendous demand for goods and services. A marvel to behold. Oh, people are confident about their jobs. I say fantastic. And the ability to even get better ones if they want to. They're spending more than I've ever seen, but they're doing it with cash, not on credit. They're doing so in a Roaring Twenties style. Okay, first of all, the Roaring Twenties didn't end well um, because it was all paper and uh, and just all hype. That's why uh, by the end of the Roaring Twenties. Wait, wait a minute. You've done show after show after show no, no. about the Roaring Twenties. At a- the end. It was all about hype. At the end, so you're not people bashing got, Calvin Coolidge here. Are you no, want to make not. sure we're not no, going not. down that road. It started um, as as real economic recovery. It was real economic recovery, and by about the time of 1928, it started to get out of control. 27, 28, people were just caught up. You know, people invest in the stock market. Uh, Americans are different. They buy high, not low. You know what I mean? Yay. Uh, I know. We, we, when everybody's doing it, that's when we want it. Uh, and that's a, not a good trait for, you know, American investing. For investing. Yeah. yeah. So by 1927, 28, the average person was starting to get into the stock market and they were, they were leveraging their homes and it had become insanity at the very end. So that's what I think we're in right now. If he wants to talk about the 1920s, First of all, it's the big guys that are all, you know, just roaring into the stock market. Um, everybody else, I don't think people are in the stock market right now to, um, to get thinking, I've got to mortgage my home to be able to get into the stock market because it's that good. It's all of the free money that is coming from the government to these big institutions that are investing in the market. Yeah, and I think like, look, there are some economic indicators that are not terrible right now, but you have to put that in context, right? We've just dumped eight trillion dollars into this economy over the past two years. I mean, we anybody can buy short-term economic sugar, right? You can you can buy some of that. We're seeing the 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 already seeing the negatives of that though. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a workforce that doesn't want to work. We're seeing inflation that's going crazy. We're seeing housing markets so that people can't afford housing in the areas where they should be able to afford it. You know, we're seeing a supply chain disruptions. Um, all of this has to do with the events surrounding uh, this enti- entire infusion of capital into the market, printing money. 
And, you know, yeah, you can get some, there are positive benefits. Anytime, you know, like if you want to have a stimulus plan plan where you're just going to pay everybody a million dollars, I mean, there'd probably be a, a short time where that would seem like it was working really well. The problem though is long-term, what are the consequences? And we're already seeing them. We're seeing the negatives. We're seeing wages rise, yes, by about 4%. And then you see what prices are doing, and the 4% doesn't feel that good to most people. Because, yes, maybe their money has gone up slightly, and that's an, it's a, it's a, an economy-wide number, too. It's, that doesn't mean that everybody is getting raises from, from day to day. They're not getting a raise uh, every month as inflation increases. They're just dealing with it. They're eating it. You know, they're, they're, they're suffering under this. And while there are some economic indicators you can point to f- for hope, They've been doing that for a long time, Glenn. You know, they, this has been a long time pitch. This transitory pitch was based off Correct. of those And uh, there's numbers. two there's two people in particular that, you know, were called by the White House and, hey, can you help us out? One of them was Jim Cramer. One of them was uh, Don Lemon. And both of those guys last week were all over the economy. It's fantastic. People are working. No, they're not. No, they're not. Jobs. Jobs are wanted everywhere. I'm not jobs. Uh, Employees are wanted for jobs everywhere. And as Stu said, people aren't working when he says, look at the look at the demand and the supply. You know, we've got so much demand right now. Yeah, because the system is clogged. You know how many people have been waiting for something for a very long time? The system is broken and you know these i'm i'm disappointed in in jim cramer i mean i think i like jim cramer I mean, we've always, I do too. We've always, always liked him and, and look he he has a different take on the economy that's not the biggest deal in the world doesn't make him a bad guy obviously. yeah but, but he's but, come on but do you really think he believes that i don't know i mean i don't know i mean he he's you know jim has always been a pretty optimistic guy in the economy i would say so he may very well believe it um but i think that you know that doesn't Obviously, he would allow this as well. Uh, he has a lot of people who disagree with him on his show, and we have them on ours. I think you see a major difference of opinion here. I, 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 I hope he's right, man. Yeah, me I, too. I maybe maybe this is going to turn out all all right. But well, man, we, how many how many times has it occurred before? When's the last time an economy attempted something like this and it worked out? I don't remember it. Uh, I, I can't think of it worldwide. And let me give you this: these are all the same experts that said no. I mean, Joe Biden gave him warning, gave Putin all kinds of warning. He he laid down the law with Vladimir Putin, told him, "Don't you dare go into Ukraine. You've got far too many troops on the border." Uh, Let me just play this from ABC. This is the report from the weekend on what Vladimir Putin did after his uh, conference with Joe Biden. I mean, he is moving in those troops. After that call uh, with President Biden, they added more troops. They added mm. at least 10,000 more troops. So I... I 10,000 10, more. more troops. This is going really well. Oh, it is. It is. Mm. So thank you very much. Let me tell you about Patriot Mobile. I want to remind you, you still live in a country where you're allowed to do business as you please. And now more than ever, it is important to support companies like Patriot Mobile who not only share our beliefs, but stand behind them with action. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier, and they donate a portion of every single dollar to organizations that fight for causes that you and I care about. They use the same cell towers as the major major carriers, so you get the great uh, service from them. Uh, You get uh, plans to fit any budget. A 100% U.S.-based customer support team provides exceptional service, 
And as I said, Patriot Mobile shares your values and supports the organizations that are fighting for our religious freedom, our constitutional rights, our right to free speech, the right to life and veteran issues, first responders, heroes. They support these people. The choice is clear. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with the offer code Beck. They have special discounts available now. It's PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or call 972-PATRIOT. 10 seconds, station ID. So I spent some time with the president uh, over the weekend on Friday and Saturday, uh, did an interview with him. And I wanted to play um, a final cut from that interview uh, because he's he they've put a new book out uh, and it is it is really beautiful. All the pictures uh, of the four years in the in the White House. And I want you to listen to him discuss it and why it says a lot about him. Here it is. Before we leave, I know you're on a tight schedule. I think Melania was one of the best first ladies, Jackie O quality. Right. Um, she restored the White House garden. She didn't change it. She restored it to Jackie O and got slaughtered for so it. So beautiful, the job. So beautiful. The book that you guys are putting out, the coffee table right. book, A, I hope it has focused somewhat on her work that she did, yes. uh, and B, is... Did you do a coffee table picture book because there's another uh, four years that you're going to have to write if, to put it into a real biography of your presidential years? So we did a book which has been selling like hotcakes, yeah. 150,000 in the first two weeks. And, and normally a book like that won't sell to the same extent, you know, because they're waiting for yeah, the yeah. other book where I talk right. about a lot of stories. Yeah. But I write about certain photos. I did it really for a different reason. It's so sad, our country right now. I don't think we've ever been lower. And despite all of the witch hunts and the phony Russia, 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 impeachments, it was a beautiful time. We had the greatest economy in history. We then had the coronavirus come in, and then I rebuilt the economy. I really rebuilt it twice. The second time, harder than the first. But we had the greatest economy, the greatest everything. It was a glamour pit. It was a beautiful period. Mm -hmm. And now I see what's happening with energy, with inflation, with the military, with it's these awful. clowns. Uh, and I said, you know what, let's put out a book talking about how beautiful it was because we're gonna make it that way again. And it's people like you that really, you have done such an incredible job. You give people hope. It's so important because there I know. are not a lot of people that understand that word hope, but you give people hope and you have for a long time. And Thank I really commend you on it. So the um, that was the feeling that I got in the entire time I spent with the president was hope. He is very hopeful. Uh, he is forward looking uh, and he is going to respond to you. He is, you know, when, when you see this interview, it's it's made for the new year. Looking forward. What do we have to face? I asked him about the GOP. How are you going to do anything if you have the same kind of GOP in Congress and the Senate? Oh, he went off on a few people that needed to be replaced. Um, but uh, he, he spoke about that. 
And he spoke about uh, the the dedication uh, that is going to take in four years to really turn things around. Uh, that interview will air on Blaze TV next January. By the way, if you want to give Blaze TV as a gift to somebody, just go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn20. And I think you can get your 20% off on the Blaze subscription. And Glenn20 is for all of the, uh, all of the other things at uh, shop.theblaze.com. Blaze Media. Nice work. Shop.blazemedia.com. That's great. Glenbeckmerch.com will get you there. That's Thank you. Probably like the that. easier thing yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. It's all your stuff and uh, mm-hmm. access to everything mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. from all the hosts at, the, at Blaze TV. So yeah. very cool thing for, you know, especially if you happen to be one of those people, you know, have a conservative in your life and you're thinking they need a good Christmas present. And then you're thinking crap like it's probably too late to get anything delivered at this point yeah uh you can always just print out the uh (laughs) print out the page of of whatever shirt you're purchasing them and it'll be there eventually yeah eventually yeah i don't know when it's coming coming in but you'll at least give them something you can put in the car i put this in the darn blaze and uh wait uh supply chain i didn't forget to order I just blame it on us. We don't care. It's say coming it's, from China, though. Say it's Glenn's fault. Wait just a say, Glenn Beck, he well, screwed this second. whole thing up. He Wait screwed the order. And I, he's a bad guy. He's Thank a you. bad guy. Thank you. Thank you. Terrible Thank person you. in every way. All right. We can move on now. Uh, Horrible, awful. <laughs> we he's just, we have somebody way, whose I think, voice I respect hmm. coming on in uh, just a second. <laughs> Wait. Stan, are you saying? Yes, I am. Okay. Stand by. This is the Glenn Beck Program. When it comes to spending money on your car, unfortunately, it doesn't just happen at the gas pump. This time of year, when the weather starts to turn from warm to cold, your car is the most vulnerable to breakdowns because machines don't like the cold. And if your warranty is expired, you could be on the hook for thousands of dollars, especially if the problem is a computer chip. That's why I have CarShield, and you should too. CarShield. They have coverage plans that can fit your budget and can save you a ton of money in covered repairs. From the time you break down until the time you get your car back, CarShield is there every step of the way. They'll work directly with the mechanic of your choice. They take care of things like roadside assistance and a rental car for yours to drive while yours is in the shop. And protection uh, all during the winter. It is CarShield. It's the best defense against costly repairs. Call CarShield now, carshield.com slash Beck. It's their website, carshield.com slash Beck. Save 10%. Carshield.com slash Beck. Deductible may apply. You can go over to glennbeckmerch.com and use the code Glen 20 to save 20% off those Christmas gifts. You can then blame on Glenn for not delivering on time. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We welcome to the program in studio uh, Jedediah Bila, who is uh, the author of a book, Dear Hartley. Uh, she's also a former co-host on The View and uh, is, a, is a Blaze alum. That's correct. Welcome. How are you? I'm doing great. It's great to be in the free state of Texas. It uh-huh. feels good. It feels different. You live in New York still. 
I do. New I York do. City New or York New City. York City. Yeah, I live what right outside Manhattan. I know. <laughs> well, my family's there, right? So yeah. I got out of Manhattan during COVID. Um, but it's it's time to leave. You know, I've said many times I have a child now. I have a son. He's two years old. And mm. I cannot fathom raising him in what has become of that city. You know, the crime is out of control when you walk around the city. I always say it feels like a city with no soul now. Everyone's oh, it walking had around. A soul. It has, it's empty. It's vacant now, New York City. There's a sense of everyone feels like they're afraid of each other. You know, you walk around being scared of everyone else. Everyone's masked. You need, you know, to show your uh, vax, you know, card to get in everywhere and anywhere. And it just feels, you know, New York used to be rebellious and edgy and artists used to flock there and creativity. And now it just seems dead inside. And, you know, mandates aside, I want my kid to be, courageous and free thinking and you know not that's that not there. the place for no, it anymore. not gonna get that I, I tell you we we moved away kids were probably six and eight maybe uh five and seven and uh tanya said uh i said why 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 this city has everything everything take them to the <laughs> met take them you know we live across the street from the park let you know, go to the park she said you take them to the park Mm-hmm. Saturday, you take them to the park. And so I said, I will, I will, I'll take them to the park. And I went and these, this group of three girls must've been about seven years old, mm-hmm. all under the young monkey bars, dropping their pants and taking a crap under the monkey bars. Mm-hmm. And the parents, I'm looking around like, where are the parents of these kids? And the parents, the, the women um, started, were right next to me and they started laughing and one of them went, you know, Jill is, Honey, don't do that. I've told you before. And they're all laughing. And I got the kids and I went back home and I said, we're moving. You were right. Mm -hmm. It's awful. Yeah. And what you see now is, you know, you're seeing the pre-Giuliani years reemerge where all of those safe neighborhoods. And I, I tweet about this a lot because people who don't live in New York and don't know New York look at the crime and look at what's being said. And they said, well, maybe these are always bad. No, these are these were once safe neighborhoods and it's just bleeding out now. So mm. into the whole city. I mean, you see people shooting up on the street. I mean, it's it's outrageous, really. You know, when I walk around with my kid, because sometimes I'll still go into Manhattan for appointments and whatnot, I don't even want him around, you know, around there. I don't I don't even want it like even holding his hand. I'm like, I don't even want this for him. There's nothing left there. And I it's hope happening. it comes back. It's Look, I hope it comes back, Glenn. I want to believe that people want that city to come back. At, but it, it, it depends on the people. And if the people there want to be want to act like zombies and sheep, it's not going to happen. Well, I don't think you're ever going to get them to stop. I mean, well, I mean, uh, Mayor Adams, right? He's right. coming in. He looks like he might uh, be- believe in some law and order. But you have cities like this all over the country. Last Friday... Over, I think it was a dozen cities, a dozen cities said they have broken their violence and homicide records of mm-hmm. all time. That's, that's what. And they're all democratically run woke cities. Of course. All right. Yeah. But but the problem is, is that people my concern is actually the people who flee cities like that, because you flee those cities because you say, I don't want this for myself. I don't want this for my family. This has gone crazy. What happens when they relocate, though? Do those people then move to the Austin, Texases of the world, to the Miamis, and then vote in the same types of people? Well, they are people? in Austin. Yeah, they well, are that's in a huge problem. Because yeah. it, you have, I mean, I don't know what to do to wake up people in this country to say, if you are fleeing something, do something different. 
Vote differently. Talk differently about issues. Something needs to change. Don't go there and ruin that city and make it into the city you just left. Do something better. I don't know why. I want to shake everyone. And I know I get crazy. You can already mm. see me getting no. animated. But really, it's a time to just reevaluate and look and say, maybe these are things that you once held dear, but it's not working. Look at what what's working. And if you have a family and you want them to feel safe and you want values to be protected, like prioritize those things and, and choose we, differently. We are truly in two different countries now. I never felt that about America, but we mm. are. I don't even understand the thinking of people with with um, uh, Rittenhouse, right? Uh, what people said after the trial, watch the trial. Um, mm. what, what happened with Jesse, uh, Jussie Smollett? You know, MSNBC didn't even report on that in primetime at all. Right. What well, I mean, yeah, but I, but that creates two Americas, one where there are facts and one where there's this this fantasy fact. Yeah, you know, I talked a lot about media. I actually got into this business years ago. Um, I wasn't someone who grew up in a political family. Mm. I wasn't someone who worked in Washington, D.C. I didn't want to work in Washington, yeah, D.C. Yeah, me too. But I was interested because I watched Sarah Palin. I didn't know who she was at the time. And she came on the scene and she was immediately attacked. You know, you had media that landed in Wasilla, Alaska, and decided they were going to do oppo research on mm -hmm. her. So I immediately said to myself, oh, I need to figure out what she's done right because she's angered all the right people. So let's let's look at her record. That was my first inkling that, you know, the media was very powerful and very destructive. And that went on. I think the, the second moment I had where I said to myself, wow, this is insanity was the Kavanaugh trial, the Kavanaugh hearings. Yeah. When you saw what happened there? I mean, this guy, they were destroying him. There was no evidence that he had done any of these None. things. And they made a decision that mm -hmm. they were going to make this about politics and the media gathered together and decided he was guilty. There was no evidence being presented. I mean, Christine Blasey Ford wasn't even, even the people that she said could corroborate her story weren't. Right. And I was sitting and saying, okay. And people walked away from that still believing that still he believing. was guilty same thing that the new york Justice times Smollett, is doubling thing. down on right. the russian collusion thing that's right it's th there's no truth to that at all there's no truth to that it doesn't matter it doesn't matter though how do you survive that how do those people in the end survive well i think i think that what you're saying about two countries there are people who care about facts they're all over the country and they're sprouting up not in mainstream media outlets but in alternative media outlets mm -hmm. that's why you see them in podcasting mm -hmm. you see them on Substack. you see them all over twitter saying mm -hmm. wait a second i'm not affiliated with corporate media but i'm going to tell you the truth and more and more people are flocking to that i think the problem arises that you have you know collusion here you have big tech which has a narrative you have big media which has a narrative. You have big politics right now, meaning Democrat politics. It's all the same narrative. And they've all, the all come together and decided we're going to make what's untrue true mm -hmm. at all costs. So it takes citizen journalists. It takes it really takes a lot of effort to decide, wait a second, let me ask questions. It takes issues that affect you and your family. That's why I think with these vaccine mandates, people started to say, well, wait a second, yeah. this doesn't make sense. I think but the it's economy hard. is it's the same It's hard way. work. Yeah. And I think those people regain their name because they go on shows like yours and they go on these podcasts and they get their voice out there and people start to say, I'm being manipulated by the media. This is, this is a game and I'm being played. So see the game or be played by the game.
Would you agree that Joy Behar is the meanest woman alive? <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I worked with her for a long time and she she was she was nice offset. I don't know. Did you have any experience personally with her? Or? Oh, zero. Okay, so nice I, I, no, offset. I, I mean, I was on the show. Okay. But and she was vicious to you on, on set. and off. Oh, air. really? Oh, yeah. During the commercials. She would continue to dig at me. You're a really? despicable person. Really? I was like, wow. So what I've discovered about people in general and left-wing media is that they like you if they think they can control you. And the second they realize yes. that you can't be pushed around or you're not yes. going to be a meme. You're not going to be the conservative who right. comes on and loves mandates. Right. Or the conservative who comes on and the reason you're invited on is because you hate, you're a never Trumper. Right. I mean, the guy could like, you know, have a conversation with Jesus and reveal something amazing <laughs> about, and no, you, you hate him anyway. Yeah. You know, that's your, then you're right. welcome into the club, right. you know. But if you're not that and you're someone who, stands up who stands firm then you instantly become the enemy and that's where the nastiness comes out i think across the board you know i i always remember whenever i would you know say something that someone on the left liked i would be very hesitant to you know take that praise because i know what's ha i know right. where it's headed and I you know. know you know what's what's horrible is we have created a situation to where a lot of people don't want to say good things about the other side right. because they know it will be taken by somebody and exploited. And okay. so you, you, you can't you can't even have conversations with people, mm -hmm. you know, in in an open air because somebody will either hear it. And say you're a sellout, or somebody right. else will hear it and say, you know, uh, uh, look, they're mm -hmm. finally on our side. And it's like I don't have a side; I have the truth. That's my side. So I think that's a really important point that you're making right now. And you use the word conversation, and that's something that has really ceased to exist in many circles. It's not. That's why I got into the business originally. I said, great, I want to have a conversation with people who see the world differently, who pe with people who see the world similarly. Let's figure it out. Let's sit down and figure it out. Mm -hmm. That is not the priority now. Now the priority is not having that conversation. It's you're either with me or you're against me. You, people don't listen. I mean, you couldn't even sit and, and, and do this, really. It's talking point driven. It's time constraints. It's Democrat, Republican, go fight. Oh, we got our clip. Great. End of story. It's it's boring and it's also useless. It is. So um, and even on shows like The View, which I did, you know, that used to be a space where I felt like diversity of thought even though it was just one seat, truthfully, that brought a different opinion, that one seat had a voice. And increasingly, I'm seeing that that's not the case. No, that it, it, they, it's, destroy, that's they destroy that seat. Destroy. I know. Them. I know. And it's sad to me because if the goal here is as a country to do better, then you have to you have to talk. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to sit. And you and mm -hmm. I, I'm sure, agree a lot on policy, mm -hmm. but I'm sure there's stuff that we don't agree on. Of course there is. Because we're thinking people. We're free thinking mm -hmm. people, which mm -hmm. also is a, a thing that has ceased to exist in media. But we could sit and have a conversation. That's that's really happening in very, very few places. Is is this the first time you've been to the Blaze headquarters since yes. New York? Yes, I was. I, I've never been here at all, actually. Yeah. Um, in fact, when I um, it's a got hired, different than the little basement we had in New York. It's so cool. Yeah. I feel like I'm on. And it's funny. I grew up on a performing arts, uh, arts house. And my mom uh, taught acting. So I oh, walk wow. in here and I'm like, I feel like I'm home. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's a really cool place. It's very cool. Really cool. Um, yeah. And I know you were trying to do that. Listen, we had real news back in the day. It was like Which 12 years ago. Was 
the best show I think the Blaze has ever produced. And smart. Uh, so smart. I got smarter on so that show. Smart. Yeah, me I too. I did. I got smarter me by too. being on that it show. It was a brilliant, brilliant show. Yeah, it seems like everybody who was on that show went on to really big things after it. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, they all left us to do it, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Which is smart. Which is <laughs> great. I mean, I love the fact that I can watch things and go, oh, yeah. Right. She started there. He started yeah. there. He started there. I just did a segment with Buck the other day, and we talk about it all the time. Um, and you had just left. I when I started at Real News, they were. I was like, "Oh, great! Where's Glenn?" And they were like, "Glenn's gone." I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like "Hold up! You were here setting yeah. up this, you know, yeah, yeah, beautiful yeah. space." Yeah. Um, but it started. Real News was when I got in. I was like, "Okay, we're having a conversation," yeah. and I quickly realized in media that that's just not what's desired most no, of the time no. and and if you're a free thinking person you kind of don't know you're like where where do i fit you know well i hope that uh you decide to move down to texas and i hope we see more of you yes All sounds right. great jedediah bila uh, bila she is the author of dear hartley and uh she's formerly here at the blaze and also the view Back in a minute. First, let me tell you about the Tuttle Twins books. These are must-haves, and you're kind of getting to the end of the shopping season here if you want them under the tree for the kids or the grandkids. If you have children or grandchildren, this is a must. The Tuttle Twins books, they will help your kids understand the free market. They'll help understand the foundations of our country. And I know it sounds, I don't know, I, I don't. I've always had a pushback on things that weren't, you know, Dr. Seuss, um, but that is literally nonsense. A lot of that, this, if we don't teach our kids the foundations and teach it to them young, it, they don't get it through osmosis and they will not get it anywhere else. They have curriculums for your kids, but they teach the principles of the market and freedom using stories and pictures and then just great stories uh, for your teenage kids. So from toddlers to teenagers, and quite honestly, I've read them. I've learned stuff from them as well. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. 40% discount for the holiday. Get these books now. It's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. 888-727. B-E-C-K. This is the Glenn Beck Program. If you want to help those who are in the path of this horrible, horrible uh, tornado over the weekend, please go to mercuryone.org. Mercuryone.org. We are already on the ground with resources uh, for the, the people that need them. Um, also, uh, you can, of course, subscribe to Blaze TV, blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. Um, tonight, I'm going to have Jim Garrity on the program, mm -hmm. a friend of ours for yeah, a yeah. long time, great political commentator and such. But I'm really excited to talk to him about this particular thing. He did an interview with Bob Costas recently. And if you remember Bob Costas, obviously he's a legendary broadcaster right, and all right. that. But then you, he also went down these roads where he did, I just remember him doing these hard left He did like commentaries. Guns, you know, we got to get guns Gun, off the, yeah. Yeah, right? guns and, and the Washington Redskins, are, that name is yeah, bad. Yeah, like, yeah. I just remember being so annoyed with him and thinking he was just like a left activist. Well, apparently they went back and forth in email and Jim didn't believe it was Bob Costas at first. Uh, but Bob was like, we should talk about this because that's not who I am. And Bob comes on, he's, he basically is like, I'm not some far left woke activist. Like, I am not that guy. And the reason why I kind of believe him is no far left activist ever 
argues that they're not a far left activist. <laughs> yes. Right. They all take full right. responsibility for it. Um, and he went through and, and it's interesting, like the gun monologue, I remember hating at mm-hmm. the time, thinking it was Me terrible. Too. Yeah. And he points out, you know who he quotes in that monologue? Uh, he's quotes an op-ed of the time. It was a sports issue around guns. He Don't quotes say it. Jason Whitlock. Oh my gosh. Who now works at the Blaze. Oh my gosh. And I'm so I'm so confused as to whether we were wrong about Bob Costas maybe at that time, or if just the Overton window shifted so much on the left that now he's sane. This is the Glenn Beck program.